0: no matter what instrument you play, your body is always your first instrument. Because your body, no matter singing, to conducting, to playing piano, your body is always the first thing how we express music physically.
1: That's Konstantin Heydrich, the cellist of the Foire Quartet and professor of cello at Berlin University. The Foire Quartet celebrates 150 years of Gabrielle Foire this weekend with the Phoenix Chamber Music Society. I'm Melissa Green. Welcome to another episode of Heart of the Arts. I was following you on Instagram and you got a lot of really gorgeous photos of when you were touring up in Canada. So is this kind of new for the Foire Quartet getting to like have some free time to sightsee? Cause I feel like a lot of musicians are like, oh, I don't have much time.
0: I think we always, I mean, we, we tour the States since i think about 13 years now yeah. it depends sometimes it works out that we have some free time and we love to take that and mm. we see grand canyon we like to go out for dinner sometimes we can only see <laughs> the street be- between airport hotel and venue and then we're off again uh, yeah it really depends uh, so uh, we like to have it but we, you cannot count on it and we bet uh, we, we try to think that, oh, maybe next time we come back and uh, we get an idea. We get the, we, we can feel the atmosphere of that place. And then hopefully next time we can explore a little bit more.
1: Yeah. I love the touring lifestyle. So I'm always a little fascinated and like to ask. I've kind of heard this a few other times about quartets kind of being in, you know, like a work marriage So how do you guys connect? Is it pretty much just all about the music? Do you guys consider yourself friends or like a like a small family? I know you guys were founded in 1995. And like you said, you've been touring here for 13 years. So
0: we get now that we're 28 years years together. Same four people, 28 years that this is not normal.
1: No, it's not the same.
0: Yeah, you you get to value it after that time. You see people around you, ensembles around you being split up, or new members coming in, and you're there with the same three people. So something about the chemistry among us is very special. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we talk about everything, actually. Um, we're together longer than each of us with his partner or her partner. So it's oh. crazy. And, um, we talk about uh, music, literature, Everything all the stuff. Topic. We, have and very intense, we start conversations conversations. with not playing, mm-hmm. at all, but talking a lot. So to see where everybody is, what mm-hmm. did you do. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, it is kind of like a family. I would say it's a little bit
1: like uh, siblings. Like we are brothers and sisters. Yeah. And we
0: fight the same way so we can fight quite directly and quite intense but then at the same time we also can see wow well, okay i need to try that out uh, musically for example if somebody has a new idea about a, sp- a specific phrase or so I would say uh, first you say oh i don't like it but it's not the right way first you should say okay not what i have thought but i will try it out mm-hmm. and see what happens what happens with me maybe it influences me maybe it touches me and you have to stay open. I think that's the that's the key. You have to stay open. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't get too too stiff or firm in anything, like opinion or musical taste or thinking how something should be done. Um, just something should be done and staying open i think that's very important and yeah don't take yourself too serious i would say i mean mm-hmm. us musicians we can be so narcissists like everybody else and mm-hmm. just think about me and my feelings but of course it's very important you have to have a very strong feeling for the music you have to it's kind of yeah it's very essential that you have that but at the same time if something doesn't work out maybe yeah, don't you know, beat yourself up, but laugh a little bit about yourself. So we, I think what we share is a good sense of humor. Yeah. Sometimes, even if somebody is really down, we know each other so well, so somebody can make a kind of a humor remark, and actually that makes you smile, although you don't feel that well. It's, it's nice. It yeah. helps you.
1: Yeah. Did you all meet in college? Um, I can't remember if it was Berlin, or where were you guys at?
0: That's very hard because it's very small, uh, it's very hard to remember. It's a small city in uh, southwest Germany called Karlsruhe. Okay, not so far, not so far from Heidelberg. Okay, the story is that Sasha, our viola player, and Erika, our violinist, they met in the county youth orchestra. Okay, so in all the counties in, uh, in, in Germany, it's there's youth orchestras, and we are all for very much influenced to that. Even Dirk, though being the pianist, he played the violin also at, at that time.
1: Oh, wow. And, uh,
0: he was in his county youth orchestra. And that was, I think, really very influential on all four of us. I'm from Hamburg. I'm from a different part also, um, to become a musician, actually. So Sasha knew Erica from before uh, the studies, which we started up all after high school. And he actually already asked her uh, to have, have a rehearsal with us, even without her having auditioned yet. So he knew oh, anyway, wow. she's so good, she would she would get a place. <laughs> and we said we should start something. And uh, yes, the three guys, who all started in the same semester. And Erica came one year later. And yes, this small town of Karlsruhe uh, is uh, not not ugly at all. It has nice weather.
1: <laughs>
0: tiny bit boring, I have to say. So okay. what you have to do is work and practice and rehearse. And that's what we did. Uh, being on mm. a quartet, we, we didn't think about it. We just shared the love for chamber music. There wasn't a plan of a career or anything. Hmm. We just loved to do it. And it actually wasn't part of our studies either. It was way too early for that. Oh. Uh, we just liked, liked to do it. We didn't have any tutor. We just worked on pieces because we were nuts about chamber
1: That's amazing. So can you tell us a little bit about the program, the Foire Quartet that you're performing? And it's 150th anniversary celebration. So, and I know you've paired it with Brahms. So can you talk a little bit about your approach to the program they'll be hearing in Phoenix? Yeah,
0: so what's interesting about that period uh, in, in time and for music is that um, it's so nearby it's on the late 19th century, but it's so different. It's so different in style, it's so different in language, all romantic, yes, but um, uh, and farms are very very different in, in their language, not so much in form. Okay. Uh, that was kind of, it's kind of similar. Mm-hmm. but um, uh, the, the way they they read yeah, that music and so it's interestingly, it's interestingly very different. And um, so, for him, for us, it's very special. I mean, he was so much in love with chamber music, and, and with songs, by the way. That's why we also play some songs. Uh, okay, it's very essential to him, both these, these genres, I would say. He said very lovely stuff about chamber music. Um, if I may recite, I think it's "La musique de chambre c'est la véritable musique et la traduction plus entière d'une personnalité." That means like. Uh, you, chamber music, true music, and the sincerest translation of her her personality. So it's something very, very close to its heart and soul. And Brahms also felt like that. But for Brahms, this piece was very much on the road to the first uh, symphony.
1: Brahms Mm -hmm. was a bit
0: scared of writing down his first symphony because of Beethoven. You know that big guy his
1: <laughs> yeah. over his
0: head, he was like, oh,
1: yeah. You know,
0: I don't dare. So Brahms, uh, <laughs> piece is more, I would say, really symphonic and really uh, on the on the way to to being symphony And there's it's no wonder that Arnold Schoenberg actually orchestrated exactly this piece uh, for big orchestra because I thought I, I, it, it's so orchestral, I want to hear everything. Uh-huh. But we disagree I think you can make everything audible just with the four instruments so that's what that's what our goal is at least and for his uh, piece is it's a bit weird it's from a from a later uh, phase of his life he was already starting to lose his uh, his hearing and he uses some crazy harmonies like beautiful beautiful and the way he combines his uh, melodies as a bit Wagnerian, so he has one theme in the first movement that will reappear through all four movements, like a motive that's reappearing, like mm. a puzzle part that you will hear different, you know, in a different atmosphere, a different character, but it will always appear it uh, coming back. 2020 we had our 25th anniversary but there was also this corona
1: yeah yeah so we,
0: couldn't, we couldn't really celebrate but uh, we had a lot of time so we recorded a cd probably that wasn't allowed but we didn't care
1: <laughs> yeah
0: and we, we we picked some songs plus added to the two piano quartets uh, by foray we picked some songs which we thought, oh, they're so beautiful, like Mendelssohn, a lot of singing without words, like songs without words. Yeah. hear so the true poetry, the, to the love and, and the detail of the music. And that's why we picked these songs. And mm-hmm. a very my, a good friend of ours arranged them for us.
1: Oh, wow. So, so these are arrangements that audiences haven't heard before.
0: Yes, and we're spreading them now. <laughs> okay.
1: Exactly. I read that you yes. teach in Berlin and. How do you perceive it and how do you um how does that reflect back in your teaching?
0: I think we all four share one thought, and that is um no matter what instrument you play, your body is always your first instrument. Because your body, no matter singing to conducting to playing piano, body is always the first thing how we express music physically. Mm -hmm. And through the body we have Contact to the second body, you could say, or the second instrument, and that can be cello violin, piano, and so on. So it's very f- physical, or if mm. I don't like it, it also means I don't feel it somewhere. So that's, that's a lot, lot to do with teaching because I think overtones and sound, sound waves, mm. are also a way of communication. You can not only hear them, you can feel them, and the air is full of it. That's why uh, probably. Uh, whole streaming business when Corona was, it wasn't was that satisfying because there's even one more instrument. If you think body first, then maybe violent second, but the room you're sitting in or you're sharing the sound with, yeah. that's the third instrument. And the listener and the musician, they have one common thing, and that's the music of the room. They're sharing it. Music is sound that communicates between people. So if something is blocked, it's like your instrument is blocked something is like fixed in your body it's like your instrument doesn't work so basically we need very good and balanced understanding of our bodies to to be able to execute music the way we want yeah and i don't think technique is the main thing technique is just means that your technique means enables you to express the music you have so you can always work either on your vision of the music on your inner ear on your how you Want it to be, mm-hmm. and you can also work on the execution. So, what should your body actually enable you to do or to let happen? And even better. Mm. I think to do is to do, and that sometimes you're in the way because there's too much willpower, <laughs> too much focus on one thing. Because music is a very, very uh, well the, the balanced thing where a lot of things have to work together, right? Yeah. So uh, you have to let go. It's a little bit like these uh, martial arts from, from Asia, where you have to be so balanced and let energy flow. Like the like sound flows. Sound should be stopped, right? So yeah. It, it will flow. Like you, if you put one stone in the water, you can see the ripple from the water forever. So yes, the,
1: yeah, it keeps vibrating out and out. Yeah, exactly. I, I love that. Because when I studied classical guitar, it was kind of about the positioning and like it was always about never tensing it was kind of like our job like one of the first things besides scales and technique was getting comfortable and then when you'd play and do a bunch of you know right hand stuff he'd be like look at your muscle it's tensing up like it was really making sure that my body was completely relaxed to play yeah. and execute it the best way
0: our old habits that were useful when we were living in caves they're getting way. <laughs> they're getting quite. <laughs> want to we want to defend ourselves, that doesn't help a lot. So,
1: uh, yeah, slow motion practice. Slow motion, yeah. Practicing slow is always the challenge. Before I wrap up, who are some of your influences growing up? Or was there one specific artist? or? Uh, there were so many,
0: I think. Uh, I mean, as a cellist, there's so many big names, but um, Mm -hmm. for me personally I was very much influenced by Stephen Isseles, the British guy who's a bit crazy. For example, his body is so relaxed when he plays, and Mm -hmm. I really like that. And he has um, very generous and very general ideas about how to execute music. And um, yeah, so I had some master classes with him. But there's so many others. I mean, I don't only listen to classical. For me, still one of the greatest artists ever, that's Prince. He was very universal also. He could play a lot of things. He was so musical.
1: Since you're wrapping up your tour here, is there anything you're hoping to see? Do you guys have to head back right away?
0: Well, we just want to enjoy the nice warm weather of Phoenix. We love the botanical garden. So yes. maybe there's time to see that. Um, um, have
1: you been to the Musical Instrument Museum?
0: I, don't, I think we skipped that the last time. Probably that's something we should do this
1: time. You should, it's fascinating. All the, I mean, all touring musicians love to stop there and they have one of Prince's pianos and it's like purple and it's awesome. Uh, I highly recommend it. I'm excited for a great show. Thank you so much. That's the cellist of the Foire Quartet, Constantine Heydrich. The Foire Quartet will be performing Friday, October 13th at 7.30 p.m. at Central United Methodist Church in Phoenix with the Phoenix Chamber Music Society. You can find tickets and more information at phoenixchambermusicsociety.org. For KBOX Heart of the Arts, I'm Melissa Green.